Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Battle of New Orleans Radio. We uh we have a special guest we're about to bring on, Mr. Bill Fink. Caleb had some information for us. What you got, Caleb? Yeah, before we bring on Bill, what's going Caleb. on in Lexington? Yeah, saw this on the Drudge Report. Uh, I'm looking at an article from the Miami Herald dot uh, com. White nationalist groups plan rally in Lexington to oppose moving statues. The uh, mayor there, uh, Jim Gray, announced the plan to move the statues on Saturday. He's going to bring it before the uh, Lexington, the Lexington Fayette Urban County Council. Uh, they're going to consider his proposal Tuesday afternoon to move the statues to uh, an area for war memorials and a veterans park. Now, this guy named um, Matthew Heimbach, he's the chairman of the Traditionalist Worker Party uh, under the umbrella of the uh, Nationalist Front. Uh, apparently, people in his area asked his group to get involved. They haven't set a date for the rally, but they're uh, planning on recruiting uh, their members in Kentucky, of course. But um, Heimbach basically said that uh, gays, uh, Gray's push to move the statues. Uh, he quote, "When you're tearing down the statues, that is a clear attempt to replace and erase us." He said, referring to white people. This is an attack on us. So the effort is motivated by political correctness and a radical multicultural agenda. He said. Hmm. So who knows? Who knows what might actually happen? And then when the, when this rally actually takes place? I mean, are we going to have another repeat of what? Happened well, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of repeats. There's going to be a lot of re- repeats between now and football kickoff, in my opinion. And look in New Orleans, I'm looking at the Take Them Down Nola Facebook page right now. This Saturday, August 19th, Caleb, they got um a plan to gather at Congo Square at one o'clock, and they're going to be there till three o'clock, and then they're probably going to walk on over to Jackson Square where our Andrew Jackson statue is. This is Caleb. This is the statue you see in New Orleans in front of St. Louis Cathedral whenever they show the Super Bowl in New Orleans or, like, the Final Four, and they show, like, a little poor guy dancing on the street, like, tap dancing with an umbrella, they always show uh, Jackson Square. This is, like, the most iconic statue. I mean, second I mean, second was probably Lee. That's gone. But the funny thing is, well, not funny at all, really, but they've been having Take Them Down NOLA uh, symbols yanking down with the crude pulley system this uh, statue for a while. So, I mean, now they're... They're emboldened, like you said, and uh, we might see a repeat. Uh, but we have something planned on August 29th, that anniversary of Katrina. Yeah. Battle of New Orleans Radio. Go ahead. Yeah, Battle of New Orleans Radio is going to have a, a protest outside of City Hall um, by Duncan Plaza on the 10 park. 10 a.m., 10 a.m. At, at 10 a.m., we're going to have T-shirts. Um, we're going to have a megaphone. We're going to have signs. We've got to shut down Agenda 21 while Isaacson returns. Yeah, that's right. We have to stop the sustainable development plan from the United Nations that is usurping our, our rights in, in every city. Everybody thinks this is, uh, well, I mean, uh, the next mayoral candidate can fix it. You know, it's just uh, that one person can really get us out of this uh, blueprint. They yeah. don't realize that we're, we're the tentacles are very deep. Yeah, right. Deep state. That's right. It's, it's, a, it's a global agenda, and, and we, we have to stand up and try to stop this. So the only thing we know how to do is make let the, the powers that be know that we know what the plan is. So Come on out, 10 a.m., August 29th, right there across from City Hall, Duncan Plaza in New Orleans, well, the uh, March Against uh, Agenda 21 and Walt Isaacson's blueprint for the city, Yes, which, you know, we're seeing now, and 
Uh, we're not even getting to Mitch Landry in the pump system, and right now being hurricane season. But yeah, I mean that we'll do that maybe next week on next week's show. Hopefully things are a little bit better with that. But let's go ahead and introduce our guest. Let's go ahead and bring on our guest, Mr. Bill Fink. If you listen to the show, you're familiar with him. You can go check out his work at Crystalgenia, uh, you know, dot com. Excuse me, dot org. Excuse me. I have a site pulled up right now. Um, you know, Mr. Fink was at the rally. I'm Saturday, this past Saturday in Charlottesville, so we wanted to bring him on to get his eyewitness take and point of view of what happened. So, Bill, really appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you, man, and uh, appreciate uh, you know you being there. So, go ahead, buddy. Hello, Nathan. Thank you, and praise Christ. And and hello, Goylem, Amen. Goylem and Caleb, I believe, is there. Yeah, thank I, you, Bill. I, I don't. I never saw anything like this. I, I never expected anything like this in my life. I, I don't have a whole lot of experience with these rallies, but I, I've been following them for ten years. I've never seen, even in New Orleans, such police collusion with these radical Marxist groups. It, it was as if the police were given a, a hands-off command. They were letting them get away with every crime possible. And and um, I, I have a lot to say. We marched to the um, front. We we assembled in a parking garage, four hundred of us, and and approximately. And and before I say that, even let me say that the groups that we were with, we were with the League of the South. I'm a member now of the League of the South. My wife and I. And I'm actually proud to say that because these are very um, noble and and honorable men who were not there to commit any acts of violence, but were prepared to defend themselves because they have much experience with these Antifa Marxists and, and black supremacists that attend these rallies. The National Socialist Movement group was with us. The trade... The, the, um, the, the Matthew Heinbach's group was with us, the Traditional Workers' Party, some of Nathan D'Amigo's people were with us, the, the Identity Europa group, and, and um, a few other groups were joined to us in, in this column of about, I'm guessing at 400 people, it was like four or five men wide and, and a city block long, our, our column. Now, we were prepared to defend ourselves, but we were given marching orders not to instigate the opposition, not to not not to provoke them, and and of course not to take any violent action, not to initiate any violent action against them. I just published a video at Christagenia, which my wife took, which proves that we did hold our composure, that we we, we didn't um, incite any violence or, or commit any violent acts on the way to Lee Park from the parking garage as we walked through the police had arranged it and forced us to walk through thousands of our antifa social justice warrior militant um negro supremacy groups um all of these radical sodomite groups all of these people that were um that wanted to see us dead basically that they didn't want to only revoke our right to freedom of speech. They wanted to see us dead. We were prepared to defend ourselves. Every time they initiated violence against us, our men defended themselves successfully, and that actually upset the opposition to the point where they are mad. They are real mad that we showed up in numbers sufficient to assert our presence, and 
even though we were forced to walk right through the opposition with no barriers and no cops. There were no cops in, in, in guarding, there were no cops around the crowds of the opposition to prevent anything. We had to prevent yeah. it ourselves. That there was nothing to stop them from striking us, from pepper spraying us, which they did, from, from throw, hurling um, water, well, well, balloons of urine and, and raw feces and, and bricks and stones at us, which they did in large numbers. The cops never checked the opposition. They never checked the counter demonstrators. And, and they never tried to control the crowds of the counter demonstrators. Not once. Now, now, I heard some of what the last guest said, Mr. Fester, Mr. Fetzer, and, and I don't have too much problem with, with, with what he said except to say this, that the people, the groups that were with us have really nothing to do with these other alt-right and what we call alt-light groups and the Jason Kessler crowd. They have nothing to do with us. Most of them would have been very happy if we were never there. They're embarrassed by us. That that's the I, I like to call them the rainbow right. That they, they don't really understand um, white ethnic conservative conservatism the way we understand it. They don't really understand the need for a, a homogenous ethnic identity the way we understand it. And they're embarrassed by us. They're embarrassed by our racism. The racism of the groups that were were on our half of the park because the police had. Us separated and barricaded from those groups. They were separate. That they were totally separate. There were two quarters at the yeah. south end of the park. Hey, 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 Bill, Bill, hold that thought. We're coming to a break. Um, when we get back. I want to ask Mister Fink about the police once they, once they, you know, were told to 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 in, you know disband and what happened. You know what happened at that point because um, I've heard different reports that the police were going to arrest you know the the people on the the monument side or the rally side if they oh, did yeah. not uh leave particular areas then they marched them basically right into the antifa crowd so Valley new orleans radio will be right back all right we are back Valley new orleans radio with our guest bill fink uh you know we were looking at these photos really quickly of the um accident that happened in charlottesville you know one vehicle we saw had the stripe the dodge a charger had a stripe down the middle the racing stripe right racing stripe and now we see one that does not and what was your take were you anywhere near around the supposed accident whether it was real or not or what's your take on that mr fink and and what do you expect in the coming weeks to happen in the united states with this uh what happened in charlottesville well well the media all right i i i um I could talk about this. The media makes memes. The media is successful because it produces memes. And the memes are those first impressions that people see. Memes have been in newspapers and the media ever since the first photograph was put into a, in, in, in a newspaper. And they do not... The newspapers, the media, have never measured public opinion. They create public opinion through these memes. Sure. And these memes are the first impressions in people's minds that help... Or, or that, that, that help the media formulate a narrative in the minds of people, whether it's true or not. And we, after we got back to our hotel at 2 p.m. from the rally, we had a hotel room in Stanton, Virginia, 40 minutes away. 
we turned on the television. We watched Fox News and, and we watched MSNBC for about 30 minutes apiece. And all they talked about was right-wing violence, right-wing violence, and it was all a lie. It was all a blatant lie, right-wing violence, and then the car accident, the car accident, the car accident, associating it with right-wing violence. It turns out this guy that was driving this car is not one of us. He's one of them. He was, he, he, he's not one of any of the groups from the right that were there that day. He's actually one of them. He's actually a leftist and, and, and has nothing to do with us. And and I can't really talk. I've heard so many different conflicting stories about his true identity. I can't really say who he is or, or, right. or what his motivations could have been. I have seen short video clips which indicate to me, and I've seen two different angles of short video clips on, on, on Facebook and, and on YouTube, which indicate to me that his car was whacked by Negroes with baseball bats and that he may have panicked. And, and and run into that car in front of him. So I can't really say what happened there. But that, you, you that's... Know, Bill, Bill I've I, I dug in this for a little bit, and it appears that the, the car, the person driving the car, is a different person than they show in the pictures of Vanguard America. The faces are different. Um, you know, the glasses, he's got glasses in one picture. The, the shape of the face is different. And the one, he's got hair, and the other one doesn't have hair. So it's like... They're they're throwing so much stuff out there, uh, Bill, and it's it's really crazy to see this unfold, man. You're right. There's so much misinformation out there. You're absolutely right. right. I've even seen um, advertisements that look like they were ads on Craigslist looking for crisis actors for Charlottesville. Yep. For this week, yep. I've seen that, and I, I, if my memory serves me correctly, I saw that as early as the day before the rally. Wow. You know, they definitely use these events, Bill, um, and steer them and try to, you know, there's a lot of reports coming out about FBI agents, um, you know, infiltrating and being, you know, involved with both groups. Um, I mean, we, look, we've seen, we've seen that here in New Orleans. There was a, a military security contracting firm that was hired by the mayor here in New Orleans that was hired to infiltrate and watch both sides. And, 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 you know, so, I mean, we, we always see this, man, and uh, it, it's crazy. But, you know, I, I, what's your take? I, and I started to ask this before with the last break on these police officers that basically, you know, pretty much marched y'all into Antifa and then stood down um, while people got hurt. What, what's your take on that? Well, well, the article that I'm writing for my, my own podcast and and report on Charlottesville on Saturday, I I struggled with the title. I'm going to call it Charlottesville, but I was going to call it Harlottsville because the cops are basically whores. The cops are whores for the establishment, and the Antifa Antifa are radicals for the establishment. So even though the cops and the Antifa really aren't working together, they're serving the same master. They're, they're, they're both serving the same master, and the cops had their marching orders. It's obvious that they never tried to rein in the Antifa in Charlottesville Saturday. 
Not once. They were throwing all these missiles and objects at us. They were crowding us. They blocked our entrance to the park. We had a right to be at the park. We had a right. That e- even though Kessler and the alt-right crowd don't like us, Michael Hill, the president of the League of the South, was still one of the scheduled speakers at the event. So we had a right to be there. We had a part in the permit that permitted us to be there. We had a court order enforcing that permit, and we still, our path to the park was blocked by thousands of Antifa that fortunately, after the initial skirmishes at the vanguard of our group, which we in the back were oblivious to, I was about... Um, 40% of the column was in front of us and, and the rest behind us. So I was near the middle of the group and I had my wife with me. The fact that I had my slender, blonde, 130-pound wife with me should alone be proof that I wasn't coming there to be violent. And, and, and my wife was taking video. She took video of our whole procession to Lee Park. But we were oblivious to the violence at the front of the group. We had a, a, a three or four minute period where we stood still. We really didn't know what was going on up front. I only found out later that our vanguard had to fight to get the Antifa to part the way so that we could gain access. And after their initial scuffles, Michael Hill described it as the parting of the Red Sea. And none of us had a problem and we all marched into the park after those initial scuffles. Once we all got into the park, the throwing of objects and urine and and pepper spraying six or eight of our guys were pepper sprayed i was pouring milk i poured milk of magnesia in michael heinbach's eyes that day he was pepper sprayed okay everybody that was trying to guard the uh, our rear which is the south end of the park from the antifa and and the other people that wanted to come in and cause trouble they were being pepper sprayed once a tear gas canister was thrown, I don't know who threw the tear gas canister, but it was not from us. It came from the street. And it didn't quite reach the park. It kind of landed on a corner. And when the, when the tear gas erupted from the canister, the wind blew the tear gas back into the face of the Antifa. The wind was favorable to us, right? When that happened, that's when the cops started screaming that they, 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 we were having an, we, not the Antifa, that we were having an illegal assembly and they were going to arrest us all if we didn't leave the park immediately. We looked behind us and, and 50, 60 cops in riot gear showed up and they're about to march down into the park to push us all out and to start affecting our arrest. So they forced us into the arms of the Antifa throngs in the street that outnumbered us three or four to one, three or four, five to one. They outnumbered us, if I have to guess. There were probably a thousand of us in the park, including both groups, our group and the alt-right groups. There were maybe a thousand of us in the park, and, and there were probably three or four thousand Antifa. And we well, Mr. Fink, we're, we're coming to a break pretty shortly. Um, after the break, we want to get your take on more of this information. Also, curious to know if you were there the night before with the Tiki torches and no, the, um, we, we all saw in the, the mainstream media was promoting that event like it was like a, a lynching or right, like it I missed like that. Kind of massive uh, neo-Nazi march or something. That's at least the way they're framing it. But look, we're, we're going to be right back, Ballin' Norris Radio with Mr. Bill Fink. Replied with confidence, but I'm the first born son. 
Sorry, I, I was sitting in Stanton doing my own podcast the night before from, from a hotel room. I, I, I wish okay. I could have been at the at, at the rallies the night before. I after my podcast after my own podcast was finished on on a totally unrelated topic. I, I had gotten onto Facebook and and saw some League of the South friends live streaming on Facebook, and they were at the event. And, and my wife and I had both wished that we were there with them. I, I just couldn't get there. It, it, it wasn't possible. But you, you, you spoke about FBI agents and provocateurs, and, and I, I'm not going to try to say that I, I could smell a rat from, from anywhere, right? I, I, I can't, you can't always tell when somebody's a provocateur or an FBI sure. agent. But I have, in law enforcement and, and in jail and prison, I have 25 years experience. I have plenty of experience with FBI informants, provocateurs, agents, and I know how they act generally and what they're after. And I didn't see one provocateur among us, among our people that day. Nobody was trying to get anybody to do anything that was untoward or illegal or, or violent. Nobody was trying to, nobody was there playing the act of provocateur. And, and I was basically walking around the in, our entire quarter of the park during the 45 minutes to an hour that we were allowed to remain in the park. I probably made contact with just about every day, everybody there at least once eye contact or friendly contact or small talk. I didn't see any signs of any provocateurs among <laughs> us. I can't speak for y'all right Bill, half. I, I didn't mean to cut you up. You know, Bill, they, they may not have been provoking. I'm just going off some of these news articles that, that I've been reading, and that may be false reporting as well. well um, you know, so, I mean, I mean who knows? I, I do know... Right, I wouldn't doubt... Uh, I'm sorry, I wouldn't doubt that they didn't have agents or informants looking for information among us. I wouldn't doubt Correct. that. I'm sure they do. But there were no, there was nobody trying to incite us to do anything that sure. may be considered unlawful. There really wasn't. So if there were any agents or informants among us, it, it's really a moot point because that there's nothing bad that we didn't do anything bad the media sure. the the media did everything bad because every one of their accounts in the aftermath of this is a damnable lie every one of their accounts was a lie and, and, and that's the thing bill is like look the media our whole lies have lied to us at every front and every level and you go back to you know operation mockingbird 1948-1951 where they infiltrated every major news organization and stuck in CIA editors and basically 
have helped run the narrative ever since, you know, through various uh, government agencies, CIA, there's a CIA liaison in Hollywood, the Department of Defense writes a lot of the news, Foundation writes a lot of the news, so this news we hit is so skewered, so it becomes very, very difficult, um, you know, to believe anything that the uh, Chalma Vision tells us uh, at this point, so it's, it's very, very difficult. Go ahead. Not only the media here, but I watch some of the official police statements from high-ranking law enforcement officers in the aftermath of this, and they were absolute lies. That they totally whitewashed the anti-fire and the Marxists, and and they also put all of the blame for all of the violence on us. And yeah, and none yeah, of it was no. true. Right. Well, you know that's what the media the, the media is foaming at the mouth. You know they're foaming at the mouth to to create anything at this point. Um, so they're they're very they're definitely trying to. To do that, I got a question uh, for you, Bill. Kind of, kind of unrelated. What's well, related, but uh, you know, different. You know, uh, angle of this. What is your take on President Trump? I mean, look, I, I know that you know he he had a great speech yesterday, but you know, the day before it was a little different, and the day before that it was a little different. So after this great speech yesterday, will it be something different tomorrow? So, you know, what's your take on on what's happening, you know, under the Trump administration and uh, President Trump himself? Well, well, first, I said a year and a half ago, long before he was elected, and I said it in several of my own articles and podcasts, that Donald Trump existed to make white nationalists look stupid. Because they all put their weight behind him and their hope that he was really going to drain the swamp, and he hasn't done that at all. He's actually revealed that himself that he is the swamp but on the other hand yet you know they're, they're not all 100 percent crooked right i i think there are some honest aspects to donald trump's personality i think that to sure. some degree he does have a lot of honesty even though he's controlled by, by the establishment powers and and we all know who they are that, that he still has a, a degree of honesty and that he has realized he has realized that the media has lied but his initial speech was really didn't take sides his initial talk at on the day of of the event on Saturday was just one of those standard plain vanilla, why can't we all get along, we're all great together, political talks that presidents have been giving us for, for 50 years. So, well, so, hey, Bill, we got a couple calls real quick. This is our last time with you. Look, if you do not have a call or a question for Bill, we're going to put you right back on hold. So well, let's go to Paul on the West Bank. Go ahead. Do you have a question? Real? Yeah, real quick, make a question to Bill, and we're going to get to the next one. Go ahead. Hello. Okay, I'm going to be short and precise. But back uh, during the uh, uh, Soviet missile crisis, before that, Nikita Khrushchev made a statement that America would be taken over by communism and and without even a shot being fired. And gentlemen, we're seeing it happen today. All right, right. right. that's true. Next call, thank you. We're going to take a call. Thank you for the call. Question for Bill Fink. Let's go to... Uh, Marshall. Marshall on the North Shore. Go ahead. Do you have a question for Bill Pink? Hey, great work, you, know, you guys, that you guys are doing with this. Uh, my question is, um, what is the involvement uh, that you know of with uh, Terry McAuliffe, a close Clinton friend, 
in this situation. Do you know anything about that? Bill, do you have an answer? No, I don't know anything about that, and I wouldn't care, right? To, to me, the establishment, that they're basically all the same. They have their agents. Various names pop up at various times, but I, I really wouldn't, wouldn't be too concerned. I, I mean, I'm being honest. Oh. All right. All right, we're going to go to our next call for Mr. Fink. Uh, we got Machiavelli on line number three. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, you have a question for Mr. Fink? If not, we'll hold you over to the next uh, segment. We can hold you over yeah. to the next segment if you want, Mr. Machiavelli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, um, hold me over if you want, man. If they got other callers that want to ask, uh, ask Mr. Fink some questions, man, uh, go ahead. I just, uh, I'm with somebody that was at the Unite the Right rally, so we could do that on the next segment. Uh, well, next segment, we're going to have Machiavelli on. And, uh, all right, appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, Mr. Fink, look. Uh, we're coming know, to you next segment, so, Yeah, and Bill's a patriot. He's got a, a, a comment later. But, you know, overall, the situation now, we're seeing it across the nation. The monuments are coming down. Now they have a, a, a couple, I guess you would call white supremacist rallies that are lined up for, I think, Texas A&M. They're trying to do one. Lexington, Kentucky, uh, for promoting the uh, saving of the statues. So what do you expect to see in the next few weeks? And what what do you see in the next few months and years, really, for our country? What what's the state of our country right now? Do you what what what, what do you suggest we do right now? Because whether you agree with the ideology of Bill Fink is up to you as a listener. Uh, as I state that to the listeners, but I mean, what we all are in the same situation here, and and we're we're concerned about the future of our country. So, what do you suggest we do? What, what do I suggest we do? That This is all about awareness. We keep doing what we're doing until we can't do it anymore. And, and right. if it escalates, it escalates. But we have to keep doing it. We have to... Uh, all right, right now, the cops try to throw us to the wolves. The wolves could not eat us. And the wolves are mad. These wolves are mad right. that they couldn't eat us. They couldn't beat us. It, if it came down to fisticuffs... We would have ran through them, even outnumbered four to one. They're only a bunch of little sodomites and girls. And, and yeah, sure, they have their tough guys and their gangsters. But when you take the sodomites and the girls out of the picture, there's only three or four hundred tough guys and gangsters left. We're running through them. So they couldn't eat us. The cops didn't know what to do about it. They wanted to destroy us in that rally, and they couldn't do it because we kept our composure. We didn't break down into redneck street fighting the way they thought we would. We didn't go there, and that's why they're mad. They couldn't beat us, and they couldn't eat us. And that's what we have to keep doing. We have to keep doing, showing them that we have resolve and keep defeating them in the public forum. Because Saturday was a great victory for us, regardless of the media spin. And we keep stringing those together, and we will prevail. And that will help the, grow the public awareness. That's what this is all about. And the Antifa might resort to greater and greater acts of violence because of our resolve. And, and Bill, I think what they're targeting, the average person who supports these monuments is they're trying to dox them, get photos of them, come after their job. Oh, yeah, right. And and, and, them, defile them forever. And I think that that's uh, a lot of people who might be in support of the monuments, but they're keyboard keyboard warriors. They're hoping someone else is going to do it. So whether they, a lot of people are like, well, you guys have Bill Fink on, or, or well, David Duke was out there, and a lot of people, those same people, 
support the monuments that these people stand at, and yet they're scared themselves to go out there. So, I mean, you got to give credit to the people who are willing to put their lives at risk with these Antifa who are basically willing to kill. And the cops are standing down, and you know it. Oh, absolutely. So, and they're coming, the real heroes. We're coming to the end of the show. Uh, what's the website again, Nathan? Yeah, please check out Bill's work at crystalgania.org. you got 30 seconds, Bill. You want to say something? Final thoughts. Final thought. Wow, that's hard to do in 30 seconds. It would take me three hours. I'm sorry. We are not going to back down. We are not going to remain silent so that these sodomites, faggots, and multiculturalists can be comfortable. We're not going to do it. All right, Bill. We appreciate that. Thank you, man. It was a great show. Thank you. We're going to be coming to Mr. Machiavelli next. Thank you. Listen to the cries of the dead.